Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I am your host, Rosh Sillers. It's so good to have you here. You know, there's this question that I think a lot of people ask, and they ask it when they just start their YouTube journey. Some people ask maybe six months in, a year in, maybe a few years into their journey of developing a YouTube channel. Some people ask the question and never even start their YouTube journey, but they're still wondering, what does it take to be a successful YouTuber? So in this show, that is what I'm going to explore. What does it take to be a successful YouTuber? There are people that have multiple silver and gold play buttons, and they seem to understand. It's very common for us to follow the people who are successful and think, wow, I should be able to do that. I, I can do a better job. You know, we often pay attention to the people who are making it and fail to notice all of the other people that are not making it around us. If you spend any amount of time in the forums, maybe the Reddit forums, the Facebook groups, and so forth, you'll see some familiar faces for a while, and then they will fade. And then new faces come along with great enthusiasm, and some of them start doing really well. And they tend to post a little more often, and <laughs> the people who are not doing quite as well well, they don't seem to post as much or they do in the beginning, but then it fades off. And maybe you'll hear from them if they hit a milestone. Maybe you won't. The thing is, there are a number of factors which determine if you're going to be a successful YouTuber or not. And not everyone needs the exact same combination. But it is a combination. A success combination, as many of you know, that's what I teach in kind of my regular world of online education is the combination code. That's what I teach. And for you to be a successful YouTuber, you have to find your success combination. Now, the fact is, for some people, it is outright luck. Now, I am of the school that the luckiest people are the ones who are most prepared and the people that actually try and the people who persist tend to get a little bit luckier than the ones who don't. And that is true. But sometimes it's a little luck in terms of timing. If you study business and some of the great entrepreneurs of our time, you'll find that quite often they were just at the right place at the right time with the right idea. If they came around with similar ideas or were born a little bit earlier or later, they very well may not have had the success that they did. They just were there at the right time, at the right place. Steve Jobs is an excellent example of that. Bill Gates and even Elon Musk. Although I think someone like an Elon Musk certainly is just a great entrepreneur with great ideas and has a vision, but maybe his luck in terms of getting involved with PayPal early on 
and making a lot of money early in his life, allowing him to take on his projects. Who knows? That That's kind of a different conversation overall. However, it does apply to some people who become very successful on YouTube in terms of just the right idea at the right time. Maybe it's a trend. They get in early enough. They recognize that trend and they have what it takes to bring that story, that concept, that idea to the people and people react to them and want to see more. Not everybody can do that. Some of what else it actually takes to be a successful YouTuber is a personality. A personality can be a big part of the process of being a successful YouTuber. Look, I am a straight up educator. That's what I do. I am not highly funny or extremely engaging. I am able to break things down in a way in which people seem to understand. So maybe that is kind of what some might term my superpower. But really, the big YouTubers are people who have quite often a sense of humor, but most certainly have some sort of charisma and people are really willing to engage and enjoy and think that person is somebody they really want to hang out with on a daily basis or on a regular basis, someone they connect with. And it does make a big difference. So at this point, I've told you that you need a little bit of luck and a lot of charm to make YouTube work for you. And there is some truth to that. However, there are other factors that can help you out in the process. If you don't have great charisma and if you're not the luckiest person in the world, there is still hope because you do have ideas. It is still about finding the right combination. And no, that combination may not mean you're going to have a 10 million subscriber YouTube channel one day. But that doesn't mean you won't have a successful YouTube channel one day. A YouTube channel that serves a community of people who are interested in a specific topic, have specific questions, have certain goals, and you can be the leader within that community. Now, sometimes it takes a little practice to develop that charisma or at least upping your game in terms of being an engaging person in which people trust. And trust is another part of that. And you don't have to be a super charismatic person to be somebody that is trustworthy. And if you can develop that trust and improve your style over time, you know, just like anything, it takes time. It takes practice to be able to speak well, to be able to share ideas in a way that are engaging, and even doing something that I think is really important when it comes to being a successful YouTuber. And that is the ability to tell a story well. That most certainly is one of the things that I continuously work on and honestly continuously fail. I, I've always tried. I mean, I've known for 10 years that I need to tell stories better and I keep trying and I keep falling back on my old, old defaults and the way I present and do things. So it, it's on me, it, but it is recognizing where you need to improve. And as long as you're willing to accept the criticism, when you have trolls on your channel giving it to you 
as it is, rather than being offended, kind of dig in and say, wow, there's a little bit of truth in that. They may be exaggerating it. They may be taking it to an extreme level. They may be outright rude and probably just don't have a life if they're spending all their time trolling people. But there's a grain of truth in there. What can you learn from that? Believe me, there have been times on YouTube channels that I have begged for a good troll or two to come around and just rip me apart. Tell me, what is it that is going wrong? What is it that I am not doing well? Why are people not engaging with my YouTube videos? What is it? A good troll would help kind of point all that out. And you don't hear anything. You just have crickets. And it's sometimes nice to have that feedback. So watch your videos from a fresh perspective. Show them to people that you trust and that you know. And just ask, please tell me what is it that is working? And what is it, more importantly, that is not working? Not only do you need to come up with unique ideas and have a personality to present it, you also need that timing. But you need to take a look at what other people are doing within the niche that you want to be involved with. And maybe there is an obvious gap. You can see the top players. What are they doing? What is working? What makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What makes you more interested? What makes you want to watch their next video? Something we certainly talk a lot about on this podcast, getting people to the next video. But what is it that those people do? But look at the top people in that area and start to think about what is missing? Where can you fit? You don't want to necessarily directly copy what they're doing, although there are some times that maybe doing some of what they have done, some of the best videos that the people in that area, within that niche have done, and taking your own angle and applying to applying your, your thoughts, your ideas, your personality to that topic or title or even concept. What is it that you can apply? What is it that you can do to create your own niche between maybe two really excellent creators, but there's room in the middle between them and you can see that gap there? How can you fill that gap and be your own person, but still provide what that community is looking for? Because if you really want to be successful, If you want to have success on YouTube, you truly need to be able to understand what the viewer wants in the category that you're working in on YouTube, in your niche. And remember, it is so much about the viewer. It's, I mean, it's to an extreme. The the algorithm is about the viewer and what the viewer wants is going to grow your channel. And do you have what that viewer wants is often a real question that you need to answer. And that doesn't mean you can't be successful on YouTube, but it may mean you have to look in a different area within YouTube to find success. 
If you're not blessed with a little dumb luck and a few viral videos to get you flying like a rocket ship off the ground on your YouTube channel, well, then you need to take a more scientific approach. And we've talked a lot about this through many podcasts, and I highly recommend you go through some of the previous podcasts and listen to some of them related to analytics and what it takes and what you should look at within your analytics, because understanding what works and what does not work, and we talk about click-through rate and, of course, retention rate continuously, and we'll talk about it more. I mean, if we're going to talk about YouTube, we have to talk about those things all the time. But if you want to do better, if you really want to know what it takes to become a successful YouTuber, it's understanding your channel inside and out and being able to read what the analytics say, what audiences are telling you through your analytics. Are people dropping off at certain points? When you offer certain topics, do people not watch? And do people watch more of another topic? Do people drop off your video when you start talking about certain things, such as yourself? In other words, what happened to you today? Maybe nobody cares. But you know what? Some people, people are waiting every day to hear more about what's happening with that YouTuber. So it all depends. Maybe if you use certain words, people drop off or certain topics or certain sections of a video, things you thought would be very helpful within your video, things you think are important, really the audience does not find important. And being able to recognize that, understanding your traffic sources, where is your audience coming from? Now, the last podcast, I talked all about that. I talked about traffic sources and how important they are, such as search, such as suggested videos and browse. It's important to understand what those traffic sources mean and then applying the data that we find and seeing which traffic source should you really focus on. Should you be focusing on search? Should you be focusing on developing better headlines to get the click so you can have more suggested videos? These are things you really do need to understand. It's very helpful because if you're going to be a successful YouTuber, you need to continuously improve what you are doing. Now, one thing that I hear a lot when it comes to YouTube is the concept of being consistent. I know I talk a lot about how it's audience first. And quite often when people say consistency is really important, it's because they're talking about the consistency in terms of the value of the audience, but there is more to it. And I wanna share that in a moment. But the consistency that they're talking about is being consistent, meaning when people can expect you to launch your next video. When you publish your next video every Monday at noon or Wednesday at three or Friday at five, whatever it may be, you know, if it's two, three times a week, but you're consistent, it does help. But there are people who are trying to get more into the flow. It's more of a Zen way of applying their new approach to 
video publishing. They're kind of watching the flow of the algorithm. And when the views start to drop off, then they publish. So that could be one day, that could be three days. You know, you never know. I mean, if you have a video that keeps going, they say, don't stop, don't stop. When you see it ebb off, then publish. And that could be seven days later. It's kind of a Zen going with the flow kind of way of publishing videos. And I don't think that's a bad way to go about it. They're really using the, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going with what it seems like the algorithms want in the first place. Of course, like everything in YouTube, it's about testing and see if that method works best for you. Now, I have noticed that I have a video that has been getting a lot of views and higher click-through rates and has been getting okay retention. Actually, not great retention because a lot of people are clicking on it when they come and check out my channel. And I, I think there's some value to letting a video hang out there a little bit longer if it is doing well. But again, you have to see what your audience is doing in terms of how they react when you do that. Some people go away for two months and then come back and it's like nothing happened. Some people go away for two months and their channel is dead when they get back. So you do need to test and make sure you understand your audience specifically. So consistency is really important for some channels. If, if people are expecting your video noon every Wednesday, that may be extremely important from this point forward. And as always, that is what you need to do while other people can use that Zen method. But here's the thing. The thing that I feel is even more important as it relates to consistency with a YouTube channel is for you. Because if you stop creating, you will find more excuses to delay and not create anymore. So here's the thing. If you find that, you know what, the Zen method is kind of working, you know, you, you can't, you don't, you don't have a specific schedule, but when you see the drop off in views, you publish another video. Great. This is something that, um, Daniel Patel and Brian G. Johnson have been doing to give them a little bit of credit here. I don't know if they call it the Zen method, but it is a method that they use and have been promoting as a way to approach it. But I think you should still have your own schedule, your own consistent schedule of creation. I think that's really important because if you let that go, then again, you may find yourself without a video when it's time to publish again. It may go seven days. The video's going great, and you didn't publish or create another video to publish. That's a problem. So if no matter what, you create one or two videos every single week, well, then you have some in the can, as they refer to it. You have a backlog, and maybe some are extremely timely, so it's very possible that your videos may never get published. That's okay. I rather have some in the can and some just be pushed aside because they're not relevant anymore or they're not your very best and you just started cranking out better and better videos and only your best videos are published. So if you created two videos every single week and you only ended up publishing one of them because one was far superior than the other one, 
Well, that's fine. So that consistency thing when it comes to success on YouTube has as much to do with you being consistent and not letting go of the opportunity to create and to find yourself in a bad situation where, you know, once you get out of a habit, it's hard to get back into it. Once you get out of some sort of structure, it's hard to get back into it. If you create a video every Monday, or if you're creating videos every day, and then stop for a few days, sometimes it's hard to get back into it. So whenever you hear people say, wow, consistency was important for the growth of my channel, think about it as much as it is for you, the creator, as it is for your audience. A few more things to consider along the way while you try to figure out what it is you need to do to boost your YouTube channel or start a YouTube channel where you want to take your channel now to be successful. Definitely consider trends. And I know I've alluded to, to this before. I know I've talked about this before, but trends really can make a big difference. Trends, when you see something new announced related to your niche or something that you know well, something you're familiar with, that you can talk in a very cohesive and intelligent way. You know, take it on. Take it on and share it with your viewers. You'll be surprised if there are people looking for that information. And it won't necessarily just come from YouTube itself. Remember, Google may very well share that information because maybe more people are Googling for that information than they are actually on YouTube. But you could get a lot of views because Google very well may show your video as part of the answers, part of the solution to those search queries. So there are many different reasons. Maybe, maybe people or even news or blogs will embed your video on a popular blog because you answered the question very well. And part of the solution to their blog post is having your video in it as maybe a demonstration. So trends offer a lot of opportunity. You don't necessarily have to do trends all the time, but you would be, maybe not, maybe you wouldn't be surprised at how many YouTube channels really took off when they just happened to find the right trend at the right time and they took action to publish and be one of the first to really take advantage of the opportunity. Lastly, is to not be afraid of search and trying to rank with good titles and descriptions and topics that could rank really well. And there are tools such as vidIQ and TubeBuddy and MorningFame that can help you out. Not all YouTube channels need to be search channels. However, in the very beginning, it can be very helpful to have a little bit of traffic coming your way through the search engine, through the YouTube search engine. It can really give a channel early stages a little bit of a boost when it wouldn't have had any kind of an audience at all, especially if you don't have some sort of a presence on a blog or social media or an email list to drive people to the YouTube channel in its early days. So search is a great way to go about it. And, you know, when I 
first started getting serious about my current channels, um, my current specific one, my combination code channel, before I really got serious about that, about eight months beforehand, I did a little video about how to change your Facebook name on your business page. And right now it has over 90,000 views. And for my channel, that's pretty good. Now I have many videos with, uh, you know, 10,000 of multiple tens of thousands of views. I have plenty of those, but th this, that one for me is my biggest video because it is a how-to video. And they keep going, especially if you're answering a question that is still relevant. And that's why I created another channel where I'm slowly putting more of those videos over there than on my combination code channel so I can be very focused on the combination channel. But I do know that the, some of the success I have had and some of my best success most certainly has come from the YouTube search engine. And so definitely consider having a plan around it. Every one of your videos does not have to be search worthy, but it can also, you, I mean, you can have a multiple focused, say, traffic source strategy. In other words, maybe if you are, for example, creating three videos a week, you could have one for the search engines, one for the suggested. Now, what would be the suggested? That would probably be a really cool and unique or funny or exciting or maybe BuzzFeed worthy headline. And then maybe one for just your audience, maybe one that's a little more vulnerable, one that's more about the community and maybe even your struggles. So there, these are three different types of videos that you could have on the same channel, but still addressing the same audience and community. So it doesn't have to be one. You know, a lot of times people think I'm just a search channel. I'm just a a suggested video channel. You know, there's so many ways to go about this and having multiple approaches to growing your channel. There's nothing wrong with that, especially in the early days. You know, maybe you'll start to double down on a specific type of video when you really understand what is resonating with your audience. But, you know, when it comes to becoming a successful YouTuber, Honestly, sometimes it, it is truly just dumb luck. But again, sometimes dumb luck comes to those who are prepared, who take action, and are persistent. And the more persistent you are, eventually you're going to hit the right combination for you and your audience. For some people, it takes a month. For some people, it's six months. And for others, it is years. And for most, it's probably years because not everybody has that instant charisma, that instant luck, that great timing. Not everybody has that. Most people that you were seeing in the Facebook groups, the YouTube chat on Reddit and wherever you connect with people, most of those people will fade away. And yes, you will see those winners and you'll wonder why you weren't one of them. Just support them. They're going to be, you know, happy that you supported them early on and that you 
really believed in them. And hey, maybe when your time comes, they can support you when you start to get some traction. But here's the bottom line. The only YouTubers that fail are the ones that quit. We'll talk to you next week. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubelog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers.